today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Sin eventually becomes a plague that affects every area of your life. That sin can take over your life. That's why the Lord tells us to avoid sin. Because the Lord knows sin can plague us and take over our lives if we're not careful. And make it difficult for us just to live and to function because of that sin. We get tricked into thinking our sin problem isn't a big problem. Just a little bit of sin can be pleasing. What's wrong with that? But sin never stops at a small amount. Like yeast, it continues to multiply and grow, taking over our lives. In his message today, Pastor Dan will compare the sin in your life with the plagues of Egypt in the book of Exodus. Don't let sin get a foothold in your life, even on a small scale. It will grow into a plague and invade your life. Stop sin as soon as it starts. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Chapter 8, let me pray for us and then we'll get into the word together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word and we thank you, Lord, for the way that it speaks to us every time we open it. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the theme of the book of Exodus is redemption. God redeems his people from their slavery in Egypt. It's the greatest miracle in the Old Testament, and it points ultimately to the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was resurrected to redeem us and rescue us from sin and to set us free. The Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament that Christ is our Passover. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So the book of Exodus is pointing ahead to Jesus. If you remember, God sent Moses to be the deliverer of Israel. Uh, And if you just turn back to chapter 5 for me. In chapter 5, we saw that Moses went to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and demanded that Pharaoh allow the Israelites to go into the wilderness to worship their God, Yahweh, for three days. We see that in chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I don't know Yahweh nor will I let Israel go. And the Lord God, Yahweh, will answer Pharaoh's question, who is Yahweh? And the Lord God, Yahweh, is answering Pharaoh's question by sending a series of ten plagues. 
or ten judgments on the Egyptians. And as we mentioned last time, each of these plagues is a judgment against an Egyptian god that they worship. The Egyptians were idol worshipers. Uh, They worshipped creation instead of the creator. They had over 1,500 idols that they worshipped in Egypt and ancient times. And so God sent these judgments against the gods of the Egyptians, against the gods that they trusted in, showing them that these are not really gods at all. And they're powerless. And it's absurd to put your trust in them. And one of the primary gods of the Egyptians was the Nile River. They worshipped the Nile River as a god. And we saw in chapter 7 that God turned the Nile River to blood, judging the Nile River. In chapter 8 now, where we pick it up, in chapter 8 we have the second plague. In verse 1 it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite notice all your territory with frogs. So not just the area immediately surrounding the Nile River, but all the land of Egypt, God will smite with frogs. Verse three, and so the river, the Nile River shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens and into your kneading bowls. And the frog shall come up on you and on your people and on all your servants." Now, the Egyptians worshipped the goddess Hect, H-E-Q-T, the goddess Hect. And the goddess Hect was represented by a woman's body with a frog's head. Hect was considered the goddess of fertility. And it was thought that Hect assisted women uh, in childbirth. And Hect was the patron goddess of of the midwives. Isn't that interesting? Remember Pharaoh ordered the midwives to kill all the Hebrew males that were born? And now God, Yahweh, is judging the goddess Hect, the patron goddess of the midwives. And with this second judgment, God, Yahweh, will plague the land with frogs. Look again at verse 3. The river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come upon you and on your people and on all your servants. How does that sound? Frogs everywhere, in your oven, even in your kneading bowls, baked into your bread. In your tacos, right? You thought that was guacamole tonight, but. (laughs) Frogs in your bed. Can you imagine coming home, pulling back the covers, and your bed is covered with frogs? 
frogs on you and frogs on the people. Ay, ay, ay. When I was a little kid, uh, a tree frog jumped into my older sister's hair. And she had really thick, long hair. And that tree frog got tangled up in her hair and she couldn't get it out. And she freaked out and was traumatized by that for, like, for the rest of her life. Like today, I'm sure if she saw a tree frog. The people will not be able to escape the frogs. There is a song about the plague of frogs, commonly sung by Jewish children during the Passover Seder, that goes, One morning when Pharaoh woke, there were frogs on his head and frogs on his bed, frogs on his nose and frogs on his toes, frogs here and frogs there, frogs were jumping everywhere. And because the Egyptians worshipped the frog-headed goddess Hecht, frogs were considered sacred to the Egyptians. So that means the Egyptians couldn't harm the frogs or kill the frogs that infested their houses and ovens and kneading bowls and beds. They had to just leave them be because they're sacred. And the irony here is the people are plagued by one of their gods. Sin can be like the frogs. Sin can be like the frogs. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. And it is. That's true. When you start out engaging in a particular sin, it can be exciting. And it can be fun. And it can be thrilling. And it can be pleasurable. But that sin eventually becomes a plague. That affects every area of your life. That sin can take over your life. That's why the Lord tells us to avoid sin. Because the Lord knows sin can plague us and take over our lives if we're not careful. And make it difficult for us just to live and to function because of that sin. So he says just avoid these things. Verse 5, then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. And so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt and the magicians, remember Pharaoh's magicians, did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. Of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh's magicians used demonic power. Second Thessalonians chapter two says, "When the Antichrist comes on the scene, the Antichrist will be this final world leader. When he comes on the scene, he will use signs and lying wonders to deceive people, and he'll be empowered by Satan to deceive people." Pharaoh's magicians were not able to remove the frogs, which would have been very helpful. They could only increase the number of frogs and make things worse. Satan always makes things worse, not better. Satan never says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something that makes their life better. I'm going to do something for them that will just help them out. No, Satan always makes matters 
worse. He's a thief who wants to kill, steal and destroy your life and mine. And so he is always looking for ways to make things worse. And here these magicians, they make the situation worse with their enchantments. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Verse 8 says, And then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Look what he says, Entreat Yahweh that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may sacrifice to Yahweh. Uh, Again, back in chapter 5, like we read at the beginning tonight, Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh, that I should obey his voice? I don't know Yahweh, never heard of him. Now he acknowledges Yahweh, and he promises to let the people of Israel go. He says, entreat Yahweh that he may take away the frogs and I will let the people go so that they may sacrifice to Yahweh. And look what Moses said in verse 9. Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying, when I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses that they may remain in the river Only Moses asked Pharaoh, tell me when you would like the frogs to be removed. Let me give you the honor of picking the time. And look what Pharaoh said in the next verse, verse 10. Pharaoh said, tomorrow. That's how hard hearted Pharaoh was. He didn't say immediately or as soon as possible. He said tomorrow. Which just shows again Pharaoh's hardness of heart. He'd rather his people suffer one more day instead of asking for immediate relief. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Remove them tomorrow. And so he said, tomorrow. And Moses said, well, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like Yahweh, our God. Let it be according to your word. The frogs will be removed tomorrow so that you know there is no one like Yahweh, our God. Who is Yahweh? I don't know Yahweh. Well, these miraculous plagues are showing Pharaoh and all the Egyptians and really all of us that there's no one like Yahweh. There's no God like our God. And the phrase used in verse 10, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. This phrase is used four times during the plagues. The purpose of the plagues, in part, is to reveal the one true God to the Egyptians and to all of us. And so verse 11 now, 
And the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, and from your people. They shall remain in the river only. And then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And so the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses and out of the courtyards and out of the fields, and they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. What a sight. Heaps of dead frogs everywhere, rotting and stinking up the land. How do you like your goddess hecked now? (laughs) But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the Lord had said. You know, there are some people that are just like Pharaoh. When trouble comes into their life, they seek God for relief. But once the relief comes or the trouble ends, they return back to their old ways. And they may even make promises to God and negotiate with God. God, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. God, if you get me out of this, I'll go to church every Sunday, every Thursday. I'll serve, I'll volunteer, I'll give, I'll do every, I'll read my Bible every day. Lord, if you just get me out of this. But once the trouble passes, they just return to their old ways and forget all the oaths and all the promises that they made to the Lord. And now we come to the third plague. And with the third, sixth, and ninth plagues, God does not give Pharaoh any warning. He just sends the plague unannounced with the third, sixth, and ninth plagues. Look at verse 16. And so the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, uh, this word lice here, it comes from a Hebrew word that means to nip or to pinch. And it can refer to lice or it could refer to uh, biting gnats or even mosquitoes. Uh, It's unclear what it is exactly, but it is some kind of biting insect. And both man and beast were afflicted by this plague. The dust became lice. The dust became biting insects. And this was a judgment on the Egyptian god Geb. Geb, G-E-B, Geb. Geb was the god of the soil. The Egyptians uh, worshipped the soil. It was a strong agricultural economy, and they made a god of their soil, and they had a soil god they worshipped. But now the soil, the dust of the earth, is turned to lice. It's biting men and beasts and making life miserable. Verse 18 says, Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. And so there was lice on man and beast. And then look what the magician said to Pharaoh. The magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not listen to them. Just as the Lord had said, Pharaoh's magicians could not duplicate this plague like the other plagues. 
nor will they be able to duplicate any of the remaining plagues. And so there's a progression that's happening here with these plagues, with these judgments. It's becoming more and more obvious that this can only be the Lord Yahweh. Even Pharaoh's own magicians admitted that this is the finger of God, and yet Pharaoh hardened his heart. He wouldn't listen to his magicians. You know, some people are so hard-hearted, they will not listen to the people they trust. You know, and you've experienced that, where you've shared the Lord maybe with a family member or a co-worker, and they just dismiss what you're saying. Even though you're a person that loves them, or knows them well, that they trust, and they just won't listen. Now that brings us to the fourth plague in verse 20. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out of the water. Remember, they worship the Nile River as a god, and it seems Pharaoh worshiped the Nile every morning. And then say to him, Thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, Let my people go, that they may serve me or else you never want God to say that to you or else if you will not let my people go behold I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants on your people and into your houses the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand now you may notice in your Bible that the word flies is in italics which means it is not in the original text. It was added by the translators to try to clarify the passage. Uh, So the original text says, I will send swarms. And it could be swarms of various kinds of insects, including flies. It could be a variety of swarming insects. We aren't sure. Interestingly, the Septuagint which was the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and it was translated in the 3rd century B.C., uh, and it was translated in Egypt. Uh, And the Septuagint translates this uh, as swarms of dog flies, or dog flies, which, which are common in Egypt. And so those translating the Septuagint, living in Egypt, As they're reading this in the Hebrew, living in Egypt, they assume this must be talking about dog flies, which are common in Egypt. The thing about dog flies, dog flies lay their eggs in an open wound or sore or cut on the flesh. The eggs develop into maggots, and then the maggots burrow down into the skin and the flesh gets infested with maggots. I have a picture for you. I'm just kidding. Nobody wants to see a picture of that. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions, 
If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the Question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times along with midweek service times are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry.